This podcast is brought to you in part by Patreon. Patreon helps content creators create more of the content that you love. If you like this podcast and you like our comics, our videos, and all the other stuff that we do online, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash clownfishstudios. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash clownfishstudios. Thank you for your support. Can you bring home a six-figure salary by self-publishing through Amazon? Some people can, apparently, and we're going to talk about that on this episode of the Shadowbinders podcast. So stick around. Shadowbinders podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tom Pratt, the artist of the Shadowbinders webcomic, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Cambria Pratt. Hello. Who is the writer of the Shadowbinders webcomic. And apparently I'm underpaid. And apparently she <laughs> is she is underpaid. Uh, this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about a Forbes article by Jay McGregor uh, talking about uh, uh, an Amazon writer who is apparently making close to a half a million dollars a year. Mm. Everybody's by probably seeing it's all over Facebook right now. Everybody's sharing it. Yeah, and like, like most success stories, uh, you hear about these, and everybody wants to jump on mm-hmm. the bandwagon because they're like, wow, I had, I had no idea that you could make you know millions of dollars on Kickstarter, or I had no idea that you know you could you could do this this work from home thing and make lots of money. And but there's always a but. There's always a but. Besides us. There's <laughs> there's always a but. Yeah, this we're, we're negative buts, but you know. This is uh from my understanding, this is a, a, a fluke. I mean it's not a fluke. It's more common than a fluke, but it's not you know, hey, let's go and we could be, you know, multimillionaires on Amazon like next week. Yeah, and there was a lot of there's a lot of build up to this. I'm reading the article. That's just me, it. That's that's what I'm that's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we're gonna let's, talk let's about examine this, shall we? You know, once you get past the headline, which is basically clickbait, you yeah. know, hey, this guy's making you too can do this. You can do it. So the the the, uh, the author's name is Mark Dawson. The first author they talk about. The first one they, they talk, talk about, about a couple. Okay, now he's the one making. Is he the one making? Yes, yes. Thousand dollars a year. But his first that? book didn't do jack, and then he did another book, and it looked. Like, and the first book was through a publisher. Yeah, I, I read that. I'm, I'm looking through the article here. To now, the thing with publishers is, I mean, I will touch upon that just for a second, is that not all publishers, I mean, it's in their best interest to promote you, but they might not promote you to the level that you want to be promoted unless it's built into your content. Yeah, now here, let me here, let me take a little bit from this article. Um, let's see, uh, we're talking about Mark Dawson. Uh, to date, he has sold over 300,000 copies of a series about an assassin called John Yeah, Milton. but you're skipping ahead. Well, I am skipping it. No, I'm, I'm not, because down here it talks about how he, he pocketed six figures last year, and he's on course to make much more this year. Uh, Dawson's recent success isn't representative of his time in publishing, however. He actually had a book published by Pam Books called The Art of Falling Apart in 2000. So we're talking like 15 okay. years ago, uh, which completely bombed. Uh, not because it was bad, ironically. It's now available on Kindle. It has 32 five-star reviews out of 39, but because few people read it or are aware of it, Mark puts the book's failure down to the publisher's inability to promote his work and generate any sort of interest. I put it down to the fact he had no platform at the time. Yeah, yeah. 
And he actually stopped, uh, the article goes on, he actually stopped writing for a few years because his experience was so negative. Um, with so basically that. what we're going to talk about is why platform is important. And maybe that's what we should call. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. But because his second book, what he did was, this is, this is where it parallels webcomics. His second book, he started doing it and it wasn't doing well. What was the second one called? Uh, that Black Mile. Um, the Black Mile, yep. And it wasn't doing that well. So what he did was something that I'm sure you've seen on Amazon before, if you have books on Amazon, is that you can offer it for free, mm-hmm. which is not a bad idea because webcomics do it every day. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's how you build platforms. So what he did was he offered that book for free, and he established a platform. Platform yeah. is key. <laughs> Yeah, and he, he got, uh, yeah, he said he did, uh, there were 50,000 downloads of his second book, uh, the one he gave away for free on Amazon over the course of a weekend, uh, but he didn't make any money no. off of it. No. But he got a platform. He got a platform. He had 50,000 people who read his book, and I'm sure a good percentage of them actually enjoyed mm-hmm. the book and were looking forward to more uh, from Mr. Dawson. So he said it was a double-edged sword because mm-hmm. on one hand, you had these people that read your book, and now you have people that are interested, but he didn't have anything else ready to go. Which was his problem. So he decided to start a new series that's the John Milton series. Yeah, that and it's started like in 2013. A Hitman um, series or something. Yeah, he's an assassin. So assassin. It's kind of like Born, it sounds kind of like Born I don't know. But now, he sold almost 300,000 copies since two thir- 2013, June 2013. Well, there's a couple things to consider here, though. For six books. It's six books. Yeah. yeah. So 50,000 so copies. Which isn't particularly fantastically great. But hey, it's 50,000. That he actually got money for this time on each book. Yeah, because it's not like he had to pay back in advance or anything like that. You know? Right, that's true, too. That's one yeah. plus. Um, we didn't even mention that. Whereas if you're doing it yourself, you're not going to have to pay that back, which we'll talk about that later. But Yeah, we can we can touch on I mean, as far as yeah, traditional publishing goes, we can we can touch on that a little bit about how it works. Um, but basically, it boiled down to he got a book deal. He didn't have a platform. Nobody bought his first book. Which I'm surprised he got a book deal like that. But that's okay. Well, Go happen. him. It I know. Happen. Go him for getting there. I think that's awesome. But basically, so then he had a platform, and now he's selling books. And now he, when he puts a book out, it sells. So what we learn from this, giving it away is good, you know, because that's what we do with uh, com- web comics every day, all of mm-hmm. us who do web comics. And you're building an audience, you're building a platform, which can translate into dollars later. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a long tail. And I think um, a lot of people, and that's the first thing they ask, we do uh, several workshops on... Uh, web comics, creating mm-hmm. web comics at, at different comic book conventions, and and if any of you have been in our panels, hi, hi, sorry, <laughs> yeah, we do. We usually do web comics one hundred and one. I did a lot. Uh, yes. We've done a couple on marketing web comics, and you know the, the most common question, obviously, is where's the money coming from? Because people are under the impression that you know you put it out there for free on the internet and you're rich the next day. Well, people were making a lot of money, but that was a lot of the ad money, which is no longer there. Which is no, and we've contrary talked about that to before. yeah, and I'm, I'm definitely gonna yeah, contrary to what some people are saying, mm-hmm. the ad revenue is not some people yes where it was ten years ago. No, not even. Close. I mean, even the, these Forbes and different magazines are writing a whole articles about how ad revenue depend, doesn't even matter if you're webcomic or not has dropped drastically, and webcomics already had a struggle to have good ad rates yeah web comics um yeah we're really going off the deep end here but as far as mon- we're, we're talking about monetizing free content and building a platform web comics i mean with the ad revenue um you know there was a lot i think there was a lot of click fraud because a lot of overzealous readers would click ads repeatedly a lot of creators would click ads repeatedly. they would click their own ads repeatedly. we keep getting refunds on certain google ad places <laughs> i'm not going to mention who but we keep getting refunds for all the click other web comics yeah we do we do get refunds 
Um, but yeah, speaking speaking of that though, I mean, this is this is one thing that Dawson does that I mean, I can definitely see a, a parallel with web comics is that he's not just writing books. He's not sitting down writing books. And yeah, that was what I was going to get to next. Yeah, okay, well, you want to segue into that? No, you go ahead. You started. Um, okay. He didn't just sit back and be a passive. No, he's not passive. And, and I, I can actually, you know, we can talk about how that relates to comics, too. I love how he said he could, he would go to bookstores, and his book, he would pull it out, the one that was published, the publisher. He'd pull it out and put it on the shelf so people could see it better to try to... I thought that was great. Yeah, I think there's a there's definitely a, um, a, a, a misconception that uh, if you get your book published by a traditional publisher, that you sit back and collect the money. Yeah, no. that you can take it easy, and they're going to give you a fat advance. They're going to do all the promotion for you. All you have to do is sit back and write your book or draw your comic, and boom, you're on easy street. You know, it, it well, first of all, as you know, from an advanced standpoint, it's determined by how sellable the book you think the book will be. It's yeah. determined by how much their expense is going to be. It's determined by what kind of platform you have. There's that platform where I get, yeah. and what kind of platform and audience you have initially that you know they can bank on. Yeah, because I mean, chances are the more people read your book, or read your comics, or know about you, the more people are going to buy that book, mm-hmm. and uh, that's why celebrities are getting multi-million dollar mm-hmm. advances because they know they're probably going to sell a lot of books, mm-hmm. you know. They have just, the platform to yeah. do so. Yep. So, um, but going through here, he talks about how he spent uh, his own money out of pocket on Facebook oh, advertising. Oh, yes, we're talking about advertising, which uh, we've been saying, advertise. Yep, he holds seminars. Uh, he's got uh, an active email list. And, I mean, these are all things, whether or not you're a self-publisher or or even if you have a book with a publisher, I, I think you need to be mm-hmm. doing this uh, and not depend on the publisher to be your marketing firm, to be your PR firm. Even though you may get some marketing, you may get a boost out of it. I know several authors who have who've gotten book deals that basically the book gets printed and that's it. They that's never what pay they out on they their never, advance even. No. Nope. And so you're going to have to be... You don't get any extra money until after you pay your advance back. Yeah, and that's uh, for for those of you who who aren't familiar with how publishing works. Yeah, they'll give you an advance against royalties, um, and they might give you let's say they give you twenty thousand dollars for an advance. Uh, then you're not going to see another penny until the book is actually out, published, um, and you've earned back your twenty thousand dollars. If yeah. the book never earns twenty thousand dollars, then you don't get anything else off of that book. Right. That's it. You're done. Game over. So. Uh, and actually, the book doesn't earn back its money. You may never get another book deal out of it because they don't think you're Well, surprisingly, it. some people do. Now, some people do, but uh, there's a lot of factors there. Anyway, um, yeah, so this, this article, you, more than anything, I think it really stresses, you know, it's not like he just, like, woke up and started making a half million dollars a year. I mean, he's mm-hmm. really... They uh, make it sound like that, like you said, clickbait. And yeah, then you start reading yeah. it, and it's like anything else. You have to work at it mm-hmm. with webcomics, um you're doing a lot of the same things already that he's doing. You're giving it for free. A lot of you probably run ads, um, not to the extent that he runs ads, or, you know, you should probably run ads. But you, he's doing all this other stuff. And now the difference is, it's not, I don't know, it's, it's, you, what, what, what's the payback for webcomics? Advertising and I book the, sales. I think, yeah, I think the payback for webcomics and, um, you know, I mean, so anything else, if you have a large enough audience... I mean, you can do a number of different things. And and I think with web comics, you know, obviously things like Kickstarter, if you have a massive audience, mm-hmm. I mean, there are folks bringing in, you know, well into the six figures. 
but they have massive, massive audiences, usually built over the course of A lot of times the um, anthologies years. are bringing a lot of money in, but you have how many authors oh, yeah, working yeah. together. So you have to divide that by a lot of authors and stuff, too. So, I mean, you can get a lot of money for that, too, but you have to figure it's several people using their platforms combined. Yeah, if you've got the platform, uh, you can move on to paying work from other publishers mm-hmm. um, because they consider you bankable, I guess. Right. Uh, you know, so there's that. Um, especially in web comics now, it seems like a lot of companies like Boom they seem to be hiring a lot of web comics people. Um, you know, so so the, you know you've got those things, but basically it boils down to just like anything else, the more people know about you, the more people like your stuff, the more likely you're going to be able to sell them mm-hmm. new things. Right, and I mean in this case too, you have to remember prose is kind of an easier sell, I think, than yeah, more people are. more people are going to read a prose book than they are your graphic novel, just because. Immediately, I mean, as soon as you say, hey, I'm going to, you know, do graphic novels, you've immediately, you know, kind of niched yourself into mm-hmm. a core. Like, even with the traditional publisher, there's only a handful of traditional publishers mm-hmm. that even do graphic novels. Right. And it, they only do a few a year at that. So, versus all the print books that they're, the prose books that they're putting out. Yeah. So, it's a, sm- a smaller piece of the pie. Because we talk about the pie a lot. <laughs> Okay, so then the article goes on to talk about how community building is important, which you hear that a lot in web comics anyway. Mm. Interact with your community, build a community. And it talks about this other uh, author, Mel, is it Sherratt? I'm thinking I it's think right. It's I don't Sherratt. know. If I'm pronouncing it wrong, I'm sorry. Um, basically, this woman had a book and she tried for 12 years to get it published to the official channels and she was denied time and time again. So she blogged about her experience and, and had a blog build up over the, the course of this time trying to get a publishing deal about all the things that happened. And with that blog, she developed a community, a.k.a. platform. Mm. And then when she went ahead and did another book, well, this plat, and she self-published it on Amazon, the platform, um, her little community all supported her, and then she had an instant audience to buy her. Yeah, and everybody... Things loves an underdog story. I mean, if she'd spent a decade blogging about how she was kind of the underdog and not getting into mainstream publishing, of course people are going to support, you know, they're going to empathize and they're going to support her. Oh, that's going to help her out because, you know, she's, yeah, she finally got to do it. We know she feels go get, go help her. And so she used that. She engaged in her community. She's talking about, um, how that community, I'm reading it here. Uh, she said about the importance of engaging with the community, she spends hours replying to fans and budding authors looking for advice. Lots of these dedicated readers are on her mailing list. And she has free giveaways and produces a monthly newsletter. Yeah, so there's, uh, yeah, she, she's sort of, again, this is a case of her uh, taking her platform and, and going in another direction with it. Mm-hmm. And not just cranking out books. And right. I think, you know, especially in 2015 and beyond, I think the days of just relying on the publisher to take care of everything, you know, when you stay with that house for 30 years and just sit back and, you know, bang out books, that's, that's, that's gone. I don't yeah. think that happens anymore. Um, so I think whether or not you're self-publishing or. Well, we also know too from people that are in, have worked with publishers from the big publishers that graphic novels are not their high priority. If they have certain marketing amount of marketing dollars, it's not usually given yeah, to Yeah, graphic no I mean, and this we, we talked about this before. We had um I forget which podcast it was, but we talked about know. kind of the reality, like what your chances actually are. And these are from people we know who have publishing deals or mm-hmm. who have worked with Yeah, publishers. we have we have friends that have actually uh you know, landed deals, uh, who've worked uh with mainstream publishers. 
And unfortunately, I mean, with graphic novels, I mean, there's there's a demand out there, but not nearly as much of a demand as there are for prose books. Mm-hmm. Um, just, and they have so much marketing budget for the whole company. Yeah, and there there are, I mean, there are some big publishers out there, will not name names, but my understanding is while they publish graphic novels, they're not particularly fond of the graphic mm-hmm. novels, and they don't allocate a lot of money to graphic novels. So they may only publish a few a year, and they may not get the uh, might not get the marketing push that their other books would get. So that's something you have to realize. You know, if you're, mm-hmm. you're doing no, they still sell well, but oh, yeah, it's yeah. going to be more up to the um, the, the author and the yeah, the creator and maybe their agent or whatever to try to get the word out. Yeah, you're going to have to, um, and that's even people that, that do get publishing deals. A lot of times they'll you know come up with a, a like a PR campaign yeah. or something when the book they'll comes hire out. And that's above and beyond, um, you know, the publisher, actually, because sometimes the publisher will pay for some marketing, but a lot of times the individual, the author, is going to have to pony up some money themselves Mm -hmm. to promote their book. If not money, time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely time. I mean, some of the most successful authors I know are doing a lot of book signings. They're they're going Mm -hmm. on tours. Um, Constantly, just you have to constantly be out there. At the top of mind. Right. You can't. And I've seen the biggest... And there was a... I think it was... uh, Heidi McDonald's podcast for Publishers Weekly. I think she talked to a cartoonist, and his name escapes me, but he was doing really well, and he got a book deal, and then he sort of disappeared for like two or three years, and then when the book came out, it didn't do as well as he was hoping it would because he sort of let his platform mm-hmm. slide. Like, he wasn't out there. And you know, make no mistake, you know, regardless of whether you're self-publishing, doing web comics, publishing books, going through Amazon, you know, you need to constantly, constantly be out there. Yeah, don't be obnoxious. But don't be obnoxious. Don't spam people. Oh, one, please of the good don't. Ways to, one of the good <laughs> ways to stay out there, and they mentioned this in the article, is offer seminars and workshops. Help other people. Yeah. And it keeps you out there. I mean, and you're helping somebody else. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's a win-win. Yeah, I think webcomicers definitely have an advantage there because you're, you're constantly trickling out. And your work, yeah, you're not you disappearing for two years at a time. Of like what's what's new, you know, mm-hmm. with web comics because you know you have to web comics constantly evolves and mm-hmm. changes with the tech, and I think web comics has that advantage. Yeah. Where as long as you're willing to you know adapt, you're gonna you're gonna be able to bounce back. Or uh, I think maybe some pros people who don't have that experience might have a little more trouble. No, and I, I think that the pros, the folks who are doing the pros books. Uh, who are the most successful are the ones that make sure that they constantly, you know, they keep a blog presence. They're mm-hmm. they're very active in social media. They offer seminars and workshops. Right. Mm-hmm. But but the, the old style of, hey, I'm a reclusive author and I live in my cabin out in the woods and I crank out a book every three or four years and then I disappear, uh, that just doesn't Well, I think it depends on who you are. I mean, well, Stephen big, King can yeah, get away with it. I was going to say, it. I was thinking Stephen King. I'm yeah, like, yeah, can he can do it. But, but even Stephen know. King's doing seminars and yeah. he's online and he's, yeah. you know. Um, Plus, it's kind of fun to interact with people, so. It is. I certain, think it's Certain fun. people. <laughs> certain people, yeah. I mean, you get some trolls. But, I mean, I think it's always a good thing. Okay, this article also goes on to talk about, let me see, what else here? It's talking about another woman, uh, Stephanie Hudson, who was waitressing and flat broke before her fantasy horror series exploded in popularity. Wasn't that a plot of a uh, Nicolas Cage movie? I have no idea. She got the lottery ticket. And <laughs> that was a lottery ticket. That had to do know. with, uh, don't listen to you. What are you talking about? But, uh... But they said, then here's here's the other part of it. To say that self-publishing your book means instant success would be just, just, I can't read, disingenuous as much as Amazon wants you to believe it. And this other author was talking about uh, Phil Harper, 
was talking about ultimately the self-publishing is like posting your work on Facebook. You'll limit exposure for a network of friends and family. And after that, you're your own. You're on your own. Authors might not also be brand marketeer or authors. Yeah, marketeers and publishing agents. So to write a great book and then have people read it is no easy task. But um, they're talking about um, Amazon, and they said from their point of view, they only care about numbers and units sold. That does not necessarily mean they care about your selling your book. If they have 150,000 authors selling 10 copies of their book. That's $1.5 million in additional. $1.5 million. Additional, I can't read. Additional sales. You better read because I'm like. Okay. So ba basically, that's okay. No, it's okay. I'm like that every day. caffeine. Yeah, we'll get some caffeine. We can talk, I swear. We'll get you drunk and then you'll be. No, that'll be worse. Well, it might be better. Tom wants me to do a drunk podcast be like, because he says I'm amusing. It might be like Peter Griffin. You ever see that family guy where he actually plays better drunk? So more a he drunk master. He, he, yeah, he plays the piano drunk. Like he can only play the piano when he's drunk and the more drink he has the better so he drunken master drunken master there you go okay. cam is the drunken master I, I, I can speak of the internet drunk, um drunken mistress Ooh, there you right kinky Ooh. there we go that's an amazon book right there the drunken mistress there you go start working on it there we go um no but, but they're basically saying is yeah amazon doesn't care if they get 150,000 book sales or 1.5 million book sales from a bunch of different authors and no one author makes and it kind of reminds me of i mean i'm not trying to you know belittle like web comics collectives but there are you know, you have a lot of groups that they may have many, many, well, many members. Well, it depends on what kind of type of collective it is. Yeah, it depends on the collective. But, you know, if if you're dealing with, with ad revenue, you may have several comics that maybe don't have a lot of traffic themselves. But when you add them all up, you, you can know, get better ads or whatever. You can get better ad rates and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of Amazon. They don't care. They don't care where the money comes from or if, if you know, Joe Blow author is selling a bunch of books as long as their bottom line is... Right, they're making so that's you know everybody gets to sell ten books. That's not enough for anyone as authors to live on. But Amazon's doing well, which is fine. It's nature of the beast. Yeah, I mean if they're willing I mean, to put content out there, that they they would only get this chance otherwise. I mean that's a chance they would never have to get their book out there. All these people. I mean, I still, I mean it's you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so I mean that there there's that, and somebody made a comment. And I forget who it was. Um, was it? I think I think I mentioned it before. Is Garrison Keeler? I think Prairie Home Companion. Mm -hmm. Uh, who said in the future he he imagines that mo most authors will be self published and they'll sell an average of seventeen copies yeah. per, per book and but you'll have like hundreds of thousands of them mm -hmm. and that's that's kind of what's happening. I mean, every once in a while you're going to have a success story, but again, this comes back to web comics. How many tens of thousands of web comics are out there, and how many people are actually making livings right. or making any money at all? You know, I mean, we're fortunate that we actually do make some money off of our webcomic. But nowhere near but Nowhere near enough to live on. But, but I mean, we're doing better than a lot of people. And then the folks that are actually doing it full-time, I think you could probably count on two hands. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, making a viable full-time living. And yeah, a viable meaning more than minimum wage. More than minimum wage. Yeah, the people that are actually making a living uh, doing their comics full-time, I think that's kind of a misnomer because a lot of times it's not just the comic. No. You know, they're doing... Uh, they may have their webcomic out there, but they're also, uh, you know, maybe selling merchandise or they're freelancing for other companies or they're working in games or, or, you know, even selling prints or uh, just a number of I things. I think that's just good advice for anybody doing prose or comics is, you know, diversify. 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 If you put all your eggs in the one basket and that basket breaks, I mean, the people that have made livings in webcomics, uh, you know, for 10 plus years, the, the one thing that they have in common is that they're, they're always 
you know, finding new ways to generate revenue. And they're always ahead of it. Like mm-hmm. we've talked about before, you know, with the cows in the field, by the time you get to the field, the cows already eat all the grass because they were there first. So it's, you know, you have to find your own field and you have to be able and willing and able to uh, think of new things and try them first. Yeah, I think that, I mean, this is true of webcomicers looking at people that were successful 10, 15 years ago, as it is, you know, authors now and looking at like, well, you know, Back in Pearl S. Buck's day, this is how they they used to do it. And, you know, uh, Stephen King got his big break by doing this. I'm like, yeah, like 30, 40 years ago. Right. You know, and it's just, I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're a prose author or a webcomic person. Um, you're just going to have to find out what works and move ahead and, and realize that just because this one guy's making 450000 does not mean you will. And just because, you know, the oatmeal makes a lot of money on a game doesn't mean that you will have an audience for your comic just because if you do the same things they do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, I mean, and you see a lot of copycats, uh, you know, in, in comics and prose, mm-hmm. um, you know, people seem to think that there's like some bottled, uh, formula that you can just, there is, it's in my sock drawer. Okay. I just haven't used it yet. Oh, uh, why not? Well, I've been, I been doing this for five years and you haven't used the secret formula. <laughs> I like torture. But Pain. yeah, and you don't see what what and led sadness. up to this. Like like this guy. I mean, was it? it's twenty fifteen? Fifteen years it took him to get yeah, to this. Yeah, yeah. It's another point. Like I know that they talk about that in the Alliance all the time. Although kind of Alliance about mm. it, it's not an overnight success. It might no. seem like it's an overnight success, but it's not. And it took him yeah fifteen years to reach a point and a lot of trial and error. And he did things the right way the first time. Well, quote unquote, and he sold nothing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, think of that too, and uh, just you know, make sure you stay on your toes. I mean, if you were uh, to go self-publishing, yeah, that's just what you consider. Yeah. So, who else do we have on here? That we was have... about it. And then they're talking about it's mostly just you know, the whole it works for some people, it doesn't work for other people. Uh... Struggling American author. Oh, David, this is interesting. Yes. David Gordon found a huge popularity in Japan after his mystery crime novel, The Serialist, bombed in the states. Unbeknownst to him, he had become a huge celebrity in Japan after his book was translated, which was eventually uh, turned into a film. He won several prestigious writing awards. His second book, Mystery Girl, was released in Japan before it was in the U.S. So targeting other markets, which is smart. It's like David Hasselhoff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's a like David Hasselhoff of books. That's well, funny. <laughs> well, it does happen. I mean, I think, uh, you know, reminds me of... Um, Don Rosa, who, you know, I've been oh, yeah, fortunate Don. enough to, to be able to color some of his work. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Don Rosa, he uh, writes... What's wrong with you? Go look into it. Yeah, Google him. Um, but he writes uh, Uncle Scrooge comics, uh, writes and draws Uncle Scrooge comics, and uh, a lot of people consider him the heir apparent to Carl Barks. Mm-hmm. I mean, the stories are very, very good and incredibly popular. You wouldn't know it by looking at his U.S. audience, mm-hmm. though. Uh, because the Scrooge comics, the Duck comics uh, in general, again, we're talking about Disney comics, never really took off in the U.S. the way that they did overseas. Um, so if you catch Don at a convention, I mean, usually you can walk up to his table. He might have a pretty decent line, but he, he's pretty approachable. Yeah, I'll tell him about you in a minute. Okay. <laughs> if you uh, are in, like, uh, Norway and you happen to see Don Rosa hit a signing. If you can get to Don Rosa. If you can get to Don Rosa, you would think that Don Rosa was J.K. Rowling. Don mm-hmm. Rosa has a line around the block. Don Rosa is going to be on morning television, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a friggin' huge event because his stories are hands down probably the most popular stories in, in Scandinavia. I mean, he's mm-hmm. incredibly popular. 
overseas. But over here, it's just he's like... He's just the sweetest guy, too. Oh, he's a real nice guy, yeah. He just, he's just so sweet, and he's unassuming, and he's just really sweet. But Tom, we were at Baltimore a couple years ago, and Tom was there. It's the first time I met him in person. He's usually there. And um, Tom sat there at the table, and he just kept going on and on about wanting to go over to talk to him, but he was too shy to go talk to him. He's like, but he's Don Rosa. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah? But he's sitting there, and he's there for people to come talk to him, and... It was us and the one person next to us that we knew, uh, Joe Enders, and, and he was, we're both like, just go already. So Tom went over and talked to him, and he ended up going back over there two or three times, but he didn't mind. Don Rosa didn't mind. He thought it was cute. He kept, he wanted, he wanted to talk to you, but uh, he, Tom was geeking out so bad because I don't Rosa usually, was chatting I, with him. I don't usually do that, and I think, no, usually you don't. You know, I mean, I've been working on the Disney books for like 10 years, you know, so Don's like, if you're, if you're in the Disney comic circles, like Don is the mm-hmm. Don Rosa, like mm-hmm. he's, it doesn't get any bigger than that and i don't think americans realize how incredibly popular he actually yeah, is Yeah, it's it's a huge difference i mean he's like I, I seriously i would say he's one of the probably top five most popular cartoonists in the world i, I would say Anything. and it's funny too because even in american books because tom was one of the colors on the fanographic uh, don rosa books they were selling like crazy even in america because there are a lot of americans who know don rosa is. oh yeah 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 i mean it's just that people here are like when they think comic books they think marvel and dc but over there comic books are disney comics yeah in scandinavia especially like if you go to a comic book shop it's it's going to be mostly disney well, comics. well i know in france and italy and places like that it's really yeah really big too well his, his stuff's really popular well yeah italy especially the, the mickey stories mm-hmm. are very popular over there but i mean it's just a totally different audience um, and again, this goes back to, you know, worldwide popularity, just because your stuff might not take off in the U S doesn't mean that you can't gain a huge global following. It happens until yeah. it happens. I mean, even though I'm surprised to see how many readers there are in Austria and Estonia, but that's another story entirely. <laughs> apparently there are a lot of webcomic readers overseas. in Estonia. Yes. Uh, apparently, but, uh, you know, so, you know, don't, don't be discouraged there. I mean, again, you know, people joke about David Hasselhoff, but, you know, he was big. He's laughing the, all the way to the bank. He's so. laughing all the way to the bank. He's had a successful career. Uh, you know, I mean, the guy's been, I mean, he could have just been a washed up actor on Knight Rider. You know, we have big ago. actors here go overseas all the time, do commercials and things because mm-hmm. they, I mean, it's a huge deal. I mean. Yeah, it is. I, I would do it if they're going to be money. Heck yeah. Well, we have a lot of, we have a lot of European Readers that, that, we ended up on the German, what was it, the German uh, was Reddit like the German or whatever? Reddit, yeah. For, that was funny. But, but that um, was for another thing entirely. You know, again, again, it's just, you know, don't discount uh, that foreign audience. And with the internet, I mean, you've got access to the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's totally different. We're lucky. Yeah, it's a totally different ballgame now. So, um, yeah, that was pretty interesting stuff. But I really think. I think that's about it. It's just talking about hard work, which we always advocate, hard work. Yeah. I mean, you need, to, you need grit and determination and, you know, the one guy, the one guy we talked about initially, he, they said he, this is a lot of these authors from England, he was, um, he was going to work four hours, the commute, because he takes a train or whatever. Mm. And it was, was two, just Dawson. Yeah. Yes. Two hours each way or whatever. He'd be on this train for his commute to his job before he quit his job. And he would spend the entire time writing. Mm. He would get his laptop out on the commute and just write the entire time. Cause it, and it was not easy. I mean, we know. I think a lot of you know. Everybody, most everybody has a job on top of doing their comics. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things you have to sacrifice and give up to do it. It's hard work. Yeah. I, mean, I think everybody can understand that. Yeah, and I think people, I mean, sometimes they, they get really stupid about it. And they're like, well, I'm just going to quit and go do comics, even though I have no indication that I'm going to be successful mm-hmm. on it. Or, yeah. 
you know, maybe they got a freelance gig and they think, well, I'm going to go quit my job now because I got one freelance gig and now I have a job in comics and it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work that way. One freelance gig isn't, you know, a contracted full-time position. No, and when you're working, when you're working in comics, which is, you know, 99% freelance, uh, you know, you could be working steady for six months and then the work just dries up, mm-hmm. you know, so you always have to, it's kind of like having a, a job interview every month. You know. Yeah, it's hard, and then like like the company could go in a different direction. It's, oh, especially with print comics, how much, how many, how many times they reboot like constantly, and they'll they change it. their entire yeah. They'll be like, hey, the book's team. not selling, uh, or they'll bring another editor in, mm-hmm. and and you might have been besties with the editor that left, but this new person comes in, and, and you he has his own besties. And yeah, and they're bringing just... their people in, and a lot of times people, and I know this just from you know working in in traditional publishing, you know, a lot of times you'll a person will come in and it'll be a regime change and they want mm. fresh voices. They want new people. It doesn't matter if you've oh, been on. Oh, it doesn't matter if you're in comics or just in anything. jobs. Anything. I mean, even corporate jobs. Corporate America's like this. Gosh. Corporate America. I mean, that's how I, you know, kind of got downsized from my marketing position. They had a new CEO come in. He wanted all new. He wanted all his friends. All his buddies. <laughs> but he wanted his own people. And, and guess what? You know, that, that happens. So, um, you know, and I think that's with, with anything. I think you have to make sure that you're constantly out there and getting into new things and keeping yourself out there because you, you pretty much every month of your life, I think you're having a new job interview, you know? Yeah. So, okay. So what do we learn from this article, Tom? Oh, we're being quizzed. Well, um, I don't know. I'm just trying to wrap it up. For I, people. uh, wrap it up for people. Yeah. What did we learn from this? Um, we learned that, what was it? The, the title of the book you want to do? Drunken mistress. Drunken Mistress. Might be, make, make a good book on Amazon. That would make a great book on Amazon. I might sell 17 copies of that. That's right. You might. If you're lucky. It's a hard work and termination. We've learned that nothing's ever night with success. No. I mean, you see, I mean, there are people that, that get a lucky break, but I mean, for the I most know, part. but even then you'll find that they had lots of work. There's usually, yeah, there's usually years leading up to it. Um, or well, like the Alliance, again, I'm not trying to keep bringing up, but like Dawn had done that, that Venn diagram, and it was she basically was talking about how you put yourself in the, you, you spend years putting yourself in your best place for your best chance. Yeah. And it looks like, wow, they did this overnight, but it wasn't. You it was years, years of build-up. You don't see the years of networking, the years of going to cons. I mean, that's like people with us are like, well, you know, we did, I mean, you know, Shadowbinders is, you know, we're, we're, we're okay. We do okay. But, I mean, we worked in print comics for years and years mm-hmm. and years prior to launching. And we've learned that our platform, we have a platform, mm. and it's going to be good for future work. Yeah. But it might not be good for what we're doing right now. Yeah, and I think that's... This is another story entirely. Yeah, so, um, but I think, yeah, definitely hard work. Don't go into anything expecting to be um, the exception to the rule. I mean, I'm not saying... You might luck out and be the exception You to might luck out, but, you know, don't go into it expecting... And if you well, are, I know. us. I know 99.9% of people fail miserably at this, but I'm going to be that one person who, and you who could does be. it. You might and be. And if you are, Remember drop us, us. a line. We're yeah, definitely. Buddy. Um, but, yeah, it also just goes to show how much things are changing and how more than ever, I think, with creators, we have to be responsible for our own futures. Mm-hmm. And um, you always have to be responsible There's for There's so many future. options out there. But what I do worry about is what you had said, the one person quoted where – There'll be all these authors, and they'll all sell 17 books. <laughs> that really makes me nervous. Well, yeah, because that goes back to that whole gatekeeper conversation where it used mm-hmm. to be you'd have, you know, 10 authors selling millions of books, and now you've got... And you still do, because those are still the ones right. that get promoted to the front. But everybody else can have a chance, too, which is great. 
but it also means that you're competing against everyone else, which is not yeah, so great. Yeah, there's more competition, which is, I mean, it's the same as true with webcomics. There are, there are more webcomics now than there ever have been. So, mm-hmm. oh, Yeah, there's so many. Mm-hmm. And then uh, back to the article, too. Uh, we learned that, you know, sometimes you have to take a step back and give things away for free to build it up. Mm-hmm. Basically, audience and platform. Are Plat- important platform platform I, I think needs I mean obviously you have to put out quality work yeah but you also have to make sure that you have a healthy number of people reading that there's work there's many to ways forward. to get platform like he just gave his book away for free and got platform she had that blog built up about all her experiences because a lot of people could understand and relate mm-hmm. to her there's lots of ways that you can build you know yeah and it's relationships no, and, and platforms yeah it's not there's no set way to do it either because it used to be like well make sure you've got all these commenters, you've got all these email addresses, you've got, you know, this many Facebook followers, yada, yada, yada. And that changes all the time. Oh, commenters. I thought you said commoners. I'm like, that's right. You have all your commoners. All the commoners. I'm like, go sit on your throne. Yeah. commoners. I was like, <laughs> no, what? No, comments, you know. Commenters. And sort of okay. I was like, what are you talking about commoners for? I'm like, yeah. I know that this was written in England, but come on. Um, you know, we learned that. What else did we learn? That... Uh, there's lots of things we learned. I can't even think of. Yeah, it was about a, so many things. It was a good article. I, I do think the I think the headline was very misleading. And again, it was you know, clickbait. So you should clickbait this one. Yeah, we should clickbait this one. I'll have to come up with an interesting title for this. So if you get mad about it, blame Tom. How to get rich on Amazon in three easy steps. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot here that could definitely apply to folks doing comics too. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, we'll put a link to the article in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And definitely check it out. It's worth a read. Yeah, I think it's worth a read. Okay. Well, until next time, uh, we'll see you. Check us out at uh, shadowbinders.com. And if you're an Estonian reader, we say hi. Hello, Estonian. I don't know how to say hello in Estonian. I don't either. It's probably hello. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> we'll have to Google that. Yeah. Bye. This podcast is brought to you in part by Patreon. Patreon helps content creators create more of the content that you love. If you like this podcast and you like our comics, our videos, and all the other stuff that we do online, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash clownfishstudios. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash clownfishstudios. Thank you for your support.